Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everyone who is listening today. This is Sebastian from Ace Adventures, and you are listening to the All Things Student Startup Podcast, the show that goes over all things related to finance and startups for people who just love entrepreneurship. Today, we are talking about e-entrepreneurship mindset with Gabrielle, who is the co-founder and CTO at Integral AI. We'll discuss everything there is to know about effective ways to think and act and interact with others when starting your own business. Gabrielle, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me and good morning. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? What do you do? Where are you from? Yes, of course. Uh, So I'm from Italy, uh, born and raised there until I came to Amsterdam about uh, four years ago. And uh, my background is a bit uh, on the technical side. So I studied computer science. And uh, I think as a background information about me, you should know that, well, I was kind of thinking about it for this podcast in the first place. And I always like to solve problems. I noticed that um, the topics that I like most when it was like middle school, high school, etc., were really related to maths, for example, because I felt like they were solving real problems. Like you can multiply two numbers and get the area of something and the volume and you can know how many popcorns fit into the room. Wow, super useful, right? And so it should not come as a surprise, I guess, when you look at from that point of view that I then studied computer science where you solve a lot of problems and kind of quickly also. Um, So yeah, uh, my bachelor's was in uh, Modena precisely. And then uh, I had a short uh, Erasmus, so an exchange here in Groningen. Uh, actually for a few months that pointed me a bit towards the more European environment and that's why I then chose Amsterdam which uh, had a really great AI university. Okay interesting and uh, what got you into the world of uh, startups? What made you want to decide to start your own company? Yeah yeah, that's quite funny actually because um, I chose also Amsterdam as university because it was very academically oriented. Like the research uh, done here was really good, full of good researchers uh, still even now. And uh, I really wanted to be a researcher, you know, get a PhD and uh, study in particular reinforcement learning or related topics. Um, then it just sort of happened. I was, I guess, bored one day and uh, one of my friends, well, who is now one of the co-founders, uh, just told me, hey, there's this thing at the startup village, literally five minutes across the road. Do you want to have a coffee? And I was like, okay, sure. Let's uh, hear about it. What? I mean, nothing bad can happen, right? Only good. And indeed, uh, good happened. Mm, okay. So you met your co-founder at Startup Village just for a coffee, just like that. Well, I knew him a little bit before. So he was also studying AI. So I spoke to him like a couple of times. Ah. Uh, We also started a bit uh, by coincidence, uh, improv comedy course together at the same time. So that's also why we're talking a bit those days. Yeah, it was a bit by chance. Okay. I find it so interesting that originally you were so interested in research uh, and uh, very technical side of things. And um, upon having a coffee with a friend, going to Startup Village, uh, you kind of changed course a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think it's uh, a matter of exposure. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really exposed. I was in my little bubble where uh, everybody was super competitive. It was also really fun, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, yeah, and we all thought that research was the coolest thing ever, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I myself never personally explored the path of entrepreneurship, startups, etc. So I just went there with a friend and there were other couple of people uh, that were introducing us to the uh, AI startup lab, et cetera. And yeah, that was just interesting. I just said, hey, you can solve some nice problems in just a few months. We had a little project then, uh, if you want, I can talk about it as well. 
um, yeah, it felt real, right? Solving real problems with the skill I acquired through my master. So yeah, fun. <laughs> yeah, it does sound fun. Uh, do you think there's much overlap between your background um, before starting your first startup and you know have, being an entrepreneur now? Uh, what do you mean exactly? Yeah, so for example, uh, you were very focused on research. You liked solving abstract problems, things like that, uh, before you eventually um, started Intricore. Yeah. Do you think your skills that you developed from then help you right now or apply to the startup space? Uh, well, yes, a lot, uh, mm -hmm. definitely. You have also to know that, well, computer science is quite real. <laughs> the skills, some things are abstract, but you solve real problems, right? Mm -hmm. And you apply very structured ways of thinking and logic to solve them, as well as artificial intelligence. Maybe you work on the research, but in the end, you always do to some object detection or something with the text, right? So these are real problems. Mm. Um, so the overlap was uh, quite strong. Uh, and also, yeah, I think the logical thinking really helped as well. Okay. Oh, interesting. Could you tell us more a little bit about your startup, Integral AI? Yeah, 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 what of course. What you do? Yeah. So I will tell you also how we started, because that's also quite interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, we were having this uh, two-month project after this uh, coffee uh, at what now is called the a ACE AI Lab. I think it changed names, where you do uh, just a two, three-month project with the company. They match a team of students with the company, and our company was ABN Ambro. Uh, the problem we were trying to solve is trying to predict um, mergers or acquisitions in the future of companies. It's quite an ambitious uh, problem to solve in a couple of months, <laughs> especially when not much data is available. So uh, we talked to them and we said, okay, what we can do is uh, something on the way to that. So we are gonna um, try to have uh, a system that understands a company that's on the way to predicting things about the company. And we are gonna collect the information and really help the analysts who do this day-to-day -day job uh, which compile company profiles uh, in order to, yeah, really make decisions. They compile the information that is the base for everything else on the line of uh, discussing with the company, etc. Okay. What kind of information do you aggregate then in your, uh, in your, in your system? Yeah. At the moment, uh, we chose to focus on the public information mostly because, well, that's uh, freely available and it was easy to show the value there. Um, so we collect most of the stuff that uh, analysts collect themselves. So first of all, you have to know that many times they don't have uh, much time to perform the research. So it's very good to have a precise understanding of the company immediately. So we collect everything about what the company does, what could be their product, right? Um, also about their history. Has there been some previous acquisition? Have they been involved? Uh, has the board of directors uh, changed in some way, right? Did the CEO quit at some point? Uh, are there any interesting interviews with uh, some particular content, any content related to uh, the financials of the company? Uh, so yeah, everything to make the analyst understand the company and we recommend them what to read, basically. Okay, it's very interesting. And you use AI as well to help you build this system, right? Yeah, AI is an important component in the moment you want to distinguish uh, what type of content uh, should be recommended to the user. Uh, because what is important is something that, uh, well, humans can understand and that AI can, with some uh, effort, learn as well. Okay. Okay. So it's not just used to collect the data, but rather to know what data yeah. to give to the person. Exactly. Using it. You can oh, imagine okay. there is a big uh, scraper and then you have to filter it in different stages to see what is relevant according to 
which type of information or which type of tasks. Mm, it's a very interesting system. Sounds complex as well. Uh, it, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, glad to hear that you enjoyed that. Um, well, you actually outlined your company quite clearly. And uh, I'd actually like to know a lot about your journey from starting out with, at Entrical AI uh, until now, like the kind of lessons you've learned, uh, maybe some tips for people who are in a similar position, but at an early stage. Uh, do you have any advice that you'd like to give or anything that you've learned, any lessons? Yeah, yeah. I actually have a, a few things to share. Mm -hmm. I think they're all related to kind of uh, mindsets uh, or how to uh, approach at a very high level uh, entrepreneurship or starting your own company when you're just a student, right? Mm -hmm. And you still have to graduate maybe or you have just graduated as well. Mm. Uh, because I really, as I told before, I didn't know what I was going for. <laughs> I literally had only a coffee in the chat before we started the project and then we decided. Um, so I don't know what I was going for. Um, well, I think there are many things that are discussed in the world of entrepreneurship. In general, it's a very supportive environment. Uh, I feel like a lot of people miss out the part on the psychological um, part and on the mindsets, right? Mm -hmm. What can I do to leave it better? We all know it's very stressful uh, choice. It's a very stressful type of career. Uh, so how do we leave it better? Not just solve the technical problems, like how do I find the product market fit or how do I grow my customer base? How do I talk to customers? That's interesting, that's vital, absolutely. But what you hear a lot is that, uh, well, at some point founders can't make it anymore. They just uh, collapse and just decide to quit because they want to do something else and they can't take it anymore. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I think um, a lot of what I'm going to say is related to the fact that my first year was kind of terrible <laughs> from that point of view. I really didn't have a good way uh, to leave this career. Mm -hmm. And in the second year, um, I started to learn things and uh, let's say approach it in a much better way and I live without uh, so much stress. So uh, that's why I think um, I'm here. That's why I think it's worth sharing uh, what I have learned so that uh, other people can uh, also benefit from uh, certain mindsets and certain ways of uh, leaving, uh, yeah, just uh, your job, your day-to-day -day job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's nice to hear that um, you, in the first year, it, was, it wasn't it was as easy for you as later yeah. on. You actually picked it up very quickly, I'd imagine. After just one year, you learned so much and you're able to apply it in the subsequent years as well, uh, not just in, again, like you said, the technical side, but also just the way you think, the way you talk to people, the way you approach problems. It's probably one of the more valuable things about entrepreneurship i'd imagine that you just learn by doing you're thrown into the deep end and you have no choice but to be better yeah yeah, yeah that, that's very true i would describe it even as after one year i started to learn it's not that i have learned right mm -hmm. but i just went into this um mindset of like okay what do we do better, right? Before I was just bouncing from one side of the other and just being thrown off by everything that was coming at me. Okay. Uh, but then I started to, uh, you know, be, to be a bit more intentional and focused on also uh, improving the mindset side because it was really needed. Otherwise, I would have quitted already. Oh, okay. And uh, what kind of things did you learn after 
this first year of uh, starting your own business? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think the first thing I want to talk about is about confidence. Um, and I want to relate it uh, again to the fact that I was a very technical person uh, with a very certain, uh, well, with a very different background, I guess, from a lot of the founders. And being very technical, um, I would say my confidence is very attached to how uh, well I can do something. If you ask me, are you confident that you're gonna make this project in this amount of time? I'm gonna only reply you based on how likely I think that is. A bit like asking, um, do you, are you confident that it's gonna rain tomorrow? The question is, uh, how likely do you think it's gonna rain tomorrow? But in English language, we use also confidence for something else, for the social confidence, which is how do I behave, right? Uh, am I comfortable with what I'm doing? Do I have fun uh, while doing it? Uh, am I at ease, right? Do I look in a certain way, right? It's all about uh, how, I, uh, how I'm perceived by other people as well. But these two things, so the probability, the likelihood of something and the uh, social aspect, they're in the same world. Mm. But in my case in particular, the problem was that um, my confidence was always dictated by how likely I thought something is going to happen, which is kind of a problem if you think about that there is this famous statistics that only 10% of the startups make it. Mm -hmm. And then if you put these together, you're like, okay, then I'm always insecure and I'm always leaving it with the high stress, not at ease, not having fun. And for me, that was very much a problem. In the background, right? It's not like I was thinking about it every day, but I realized, oh, wow, wow, something is happening there. Why am I behaving in a certain way? And then when you realize that these two things are split, even if I have a low uh, probabilistic confidence that I'm going to make it with a startup just because of how previous uh, startups made it so far, it doesn't mean that I can't be social confident about it. Right? It doesn't mean that I cannot have fun, that I cannot be comfortable with it, that I uh, cannot have low stress, right? which is what I actually try to do now. Right? I know that, well, most likely um, I'm not going to found the next Facebook, right? but still, why can I not try? Right? And um, so I think it's incredibly, it's incredibly useful tool. Uh, it could be applicable also to students as well, also to many other cases. Now I can't think of top of my mind of one, but uh, I think it's kind of a little superpower yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you discover it. <laughs> mm, absolutely, absolutely. It's just interesting. You just you change your perspective on a few issues here and there, and as a result, yeah, you can improve your confidence so much in whatever it is you're doing. And yep. uh, I really am interested in that distinction you've made as well, the difference between the probability of something happening versus uh, social confidence. Could you go a little bit more into that distinction, like the social confidence specifically? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. so the social confidence has one interesting aspect, first mm -hmm. of all, that you can change it by training. That's very easy. If you go, there are coaches everywhere about that. There's videos on YouTube, even free content. And it's full of tips and information and uh, guidelines on how to increase your social confidence. So if you're lacking that, you just uh, have to know that, well, there are ways that are free and you need some time to improve it. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty, mu pretty much dealt with. It's a problem that just needs a bit of time and effort to solve. Well, and the likelihood of things happening, of course, is dependent on you, on your skills, but it's also very much dependent on external environment things. Uh, so that sometimes you can do a lot about it, sometimes you cannot. Uh, 
but the trick is just realizing when I, I think this is kind of like the first tool that I would like to give you. you can think about this for you and also for the listeners. Um, when you're confident about something, think about, okay, why am I confident about it? Is it because I think it's very likely to happen? Or is it because I'm at ease, I'm comfortable with it? Which of the two it is? It can shed a lot of light into uh, what you really think about it. And if you find a mismatch, uh, that's interesting. That can tell you a lot more. You can go into a lot of introspection and I'm not gonna go forward on that right now, right? But if I think uh, uh, something is little likely but I have a lot of confidence, oh, why is that? It's interesting, right? And you can also do the opposite. If you ever are stressed about something and you have, I'm not so confident or we're gonna make it or whatever, think about it. Okay, what is it? Is it that it's little likely? Am I likely not going to pass the exam? Maybe not. Or is it just because I'm high in stress and not really having fun with it, right? Which of the two it is? And I think if you just stop, just notice it, the moment you are confident, very confident or not, it's incredibly uh, useful exercise. Mm. Yeah, that is very useful. It's almost becoming self-aware of your thoughts and your feelings and reflecting on them. Yeah, looking at them yeah, objectively. yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a lot related to all the noticing, I guess that's a keyword or focusing. I'm not very expert on that, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but still, um, yeah, I can see there's a lot of value in that. I might try that myself, actually. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely do, man. <laughs> but, uh, okay. So confidence, the way you look at confidence, yeah. the way you approach uh, certain problems that you are or are not confident in. Yeah. That's one lesson you've learned yeah. over your yeah. journey. Yeah, okay. I think I can also give an example uh, about um, when you're an entrepreneur in particular, and uh, since we're here in this podcast, I want to talk also about uh, entrepreneur looking for funding, right? Mm -hmm. You're talking to investors. Um, even there, look very well what they're trying to assess. Well, most likely they're not trying to assess exactly the likelihood, right? That you're going to make it. They also know that most of the, the startups don't make it the way they want. There are tons of problems. What they want is the social confidence, right? Are you uh, like, are you doing something you like? Are you doing something that you're comfortable with that even if you have problems thrown at you, you're gonna try to solve them, right? This is what they want to measure. It's not the likelihood. So people like me in the first year talking to investors would be incredibly doubtful all the time, but there's no need for that once you think about it in these terms. Um, and as well, uh, you can also be, uh, yeah, in general, uh, more confident about it and be also more clear on which part are likely, which part are less likely and why that's not much of a problem, most likely. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I can imagine also that once you uh, reflect on your feelings about confidence or whether you are or are not confident and why, that could also carry into just the way you carry yourself, mm -hmm. the way you, for example, would talk to these investors when you're pitching. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very, very useful. Um, okay, so that, that is one lesson that you've learned then, confidence. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that I wish uh, that everyone else would learn, so that's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I hope so as well. Uh, yeah, any other tips for us? Yeah, Maybe a second yeah. tip. I'm gonna go for a second one. Uh, it's actually, they both come from the same book that I have to cite at this moment. It's called The Scout Mindset. This realization of the confidence also came from uh, one chapter in that book. So definitely go read it if you are interested. Mm -hmm. um, and um, this is another distinction that uh, this book made me realize. Uh, so it contraposes two kind of uh, behaviors. One they call uh, the soldier mindset. And the soldier uh, has orders, 
they have an objective and they have to execute on that objective. Basically, they just have to move forward with the tools they know and don't think much about it, just execute. And the author, uh, Julia Galef, um, makes the point that most of the times, according to her, we are in soldier mindset. We have already pre-computed, this is a computer science word, uh, objectives, we know our tools, and we just move forward without too much thinking. Now, uh, there's another kind of uh, mindset that is not really opposed to it, but it's just complementary to it. And that's the scout mindset. What does the scout do? Well, it has to go far away and uh, see how the land looks like. Is there an enemy on the other side? If there's a river, is there a bridge that we can use? Now, the trick here is that the scout job has a very different nature. So if you're looking for a bridge, that's your goal, but in the river there is no bridge, you have done your job good in any way, whether there is a bridge or not, because your job is to discover how the landscape looks like. It's not to <laughs> build a bridge at the moment. So uh, it's a very interesting mindset because when you do that, uh, you're not attached to the end goal, to the outcome. You use everything you have and then you report and then you can make new decisions. And um, she makes the point that in our life we should use a bit more of uh, the scout mindset. So uh, I can talk a, a bit uh, later about how it applies a bit to entrepreneurship. But uh, it was very interesting at the first read to uh, think about these two. Okay, when am I operating in one? When am I operating in the other one? Mm -hmm. And uh, I can imagine that they're both absolutely vital. On the one hand, obviously, you need the soldier to do the work, maybe in your case, to do some coding or oversee the coding. But then on the other hand, you'd also want to be a scout sometimes, see what kind of uh, help there is for uh, whatever it is you're doing. In the startup case, yeah. are there VCs that are able to help you? Are there events where you can meet like-minded people, maybe a co-founder? Mm -hmm. um, is there a market? It, things like that. Would you say it applies in that in that sense? Yeah, quite a bit, quite a bit. Uh, let's take the last one. Is there a market fit, right? Mm -hmm. Of course, you would like to succeed and find the best market fit so that uh, you can sell the product, solve the problem really for the customers, right? Mm -hmm. But um, if uh, anyone is uh, a bit familiar with the terms uh, of startups, like there's this term pivot, when you kind of drastically, more or less, change what you were doing before, uh, trying to solve the same problem, but in a very different way. Mm -hmm. And this is literally an application of the scout mindset, which means um, I'm gonna be very humble. I know that uh, I discovered that my previous idea, my previous solution is not really what my customers wanted. So I am actually gonna change. The problem remains the same, but I'm gonna change the path. I'm gonna take something else. And that, I can tell, it hurts. <laughs> uh, also, that's something that we really learned um, in the first months of our company. I can make an example on that because uh, we first, um, after we uh, solved the first, uh, how do you say, prototype for ABNAMRO, we decided to go for a full MVP. Uh, we had specifications on what to do, what are all the features that we should develop, uh, how it should look like, etc. So we did that, and pretty well, I would say. Uh, now, what happens is that we were kind of um, attached to all the specifications we have. I mean, we have this, right? It's on paper. So whatever other information that contrasts this, we're kind of going to ignore, right? Because we have the gold here. Mm. Um, we only discovered later when we, uh, and that's funny, um, put the software in the hands of the users in Ibinambro. And we looked at it and they say, yeah, but what do I do with this? I'm like, ah, 
What do you mean? What do I do with this? <laughs> <laughs> what do you, excuse me, sir. Uh, turns out that they didn't have much use of the tool for how it was done according to those specifications. Okay. Our mistake. Um, they were a bit dictated by the stakeholders, but I mean, there's much, much more to that. Now I'm simplifying a lot. Uh, but basically, we had ignored a lot of signals. We thought we were on a right path, and we just executed on that. Mm -hmm. uh, so it wasn't until we really sat down with the users and we, okay, show me how you work, right? Without us coming with any preconceived idea, right? You are the expert, we listen. Very basic thing in a startup. Um, and then we discovered that, uh, well, they still wanted the same problem to be solved, but in a very different way. Okay. Information would have been to be a bit different, displayed in a different way so that they could uh, see different things. They, what they wanted was so much simpler than we did. So much simpler from the visual side, from even the uh, tech side. So we spent like six months, maybe less, let's say six months, right? Building something that had no use for anyone. <laughs> While if we only, um, yeah, listen before and be, uh, if we were a bit more careful and to listening to the signals that were against what we thought, we would have realized much earlier. Hmm. That is fascinating. I guess it's uh, it really relates to the old saying as well: "Work smart, not hard." Or, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally yeah. agree with that. Totally mm. agree with that. But that's fascinating, especially because also um, I'd imagine that it's quite a big hit on your ego uh, to have worked on something for so long, and then to acknowledge that you did it incorrectly or maybe not the best way, and then to go back again and listen to your clients and not have any preconceived notions, but just to really be the um, the student in this analogy. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. in my opinion, is very impressive. That does not sound like an easy thing to do. Yeah. So, you, yeah. I'm so happy that you mentioned the ego part, yeah. uh, actually, because I think that's the very interesting realization when uh, you apply the scout mindset. Yeah. Your mission is not to make the thing succeed, is to see whether it can succeed or not. Okay, so I accomplish my mission if I'm a scout and I see that it cannot succeed. Of course, I'm a bit sad because I took a bit longer than <laughs> I could have, but my mission is complete. Now I can work on something else. I discovered this path is closed. Perfect. Let's go to the next one. If you totally imagine yourself as a scout, I think as a map, like uh, when you go around with Google Maps or whatever, right, you can imagine it pretty well for yourself. Or if you like, like me to get lost in cities and just wander around, your goal is just to see how it looks like. And then the moment you find the path that goes forward, you push the accelerator to the max, right? But uh, to me, that really helped, to be honest, because you don't have to sacrifice your ego. Uh, you don't, uh, you don't really. Okay. Yeah. It's all about, like, it, uh, like what you said earlier, mindset. <laughs> just yeah. changing the way you look at things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, um, indeed, these are very useful. I call them tools. I used it before as well. Um, because they, they don't tell you everything, right? It's not like now I'm going to tell everyone, be a scout, be fine with anything, <laughs> be always humble. And like, no, come on, that, that's a tool, right? We mm. use them, a computer is, is a useful tool for many things, but it doesn't do, it doesn't cook, right? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> exactly. just, uh, you should be very aware. I'm not going to explain everything about this. I mean, there is the book as well. Mm -hmm. um, but these are very interesting for this kind of situations in particular. Even the one about confidence is a tool, right? You shouldn't always 
stay there and think, oh, is it probabilistic confidence or uh, the social confidence? No, just a tool. Know when to apply it. Know when it's useful. And uh, it's, uh, it's really great when you do. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine, definitely. Um, I'm curious how this uh, scout and soldier mindset could be applied to, for example, any startups that are looking for uh, funding for maybe a VC or um, might have other financially related issues. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like how would it apply in a situation such as that? Yeah, yeah. I think, again, think about it in terms of what paths are open and what are closed. Mm-hmm. Again, you should discover um, what is viable, what is not. So, for example, if you get, you, you talk to investors, right? Your goal, yes, it's to receive money, but it's also to receive money if the thing you're doing is good, right? So if you're 100% sure, fine. But if you have any doubts, take also the inputs of uh, the investors into account, right? If they say, well, I don't want to invest because I think, I don't know, take whatever, the, uh, the tech side is not strong, okay? Don't just go soldier and go to the next VC until somebody says yes, right? They have mm. given important feedback, right? You know that on this path, there is a problem with the tech side. So, oh, you can take it into account now, right? Um, your goal is not, is for a match to happen. Is the matches uh, now with the investors because they think you have something good, uh, which validates a bit your prior idea, and then you can move forward because you have discovered a good path. So your goal is to discover if a good path exists. And um, the same a bit with the uh, product market fit, to be honest. Uh, again, we talked about pivots before. Your goal is to understand, is this really a problem that uh, my customers have? Is this really a problem that makes them happy? I, I also like to think about uh, solving problems that making people happy, right? With my start, by making people happy in a way. So if I'm not making people happy, fine, <laughs> I'm going to make them in another way, with another solution. I'm going to rebuild the front and the back end, whatever, in a way that is going to solve a problem and make some customers happy, right? It's not uh, if you want to build the next Facebook and it doesn't fly, well, think about it. Does it not fly because um, there is some little problem or because maybe people have no need for another Facebook? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That's, uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Be open to feedback, basically, right? So a lot, <laughs> a lot, incredibly. Always be uh, aware for that. It's a very useful, like, feedback is the most useful thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, I could imagine. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so, so far, we've talked about confidence, where you look at confidence. We talked about the scouts versus the soldier mindset. Uh, do you have one final tip for us that you can give to our listeners and myself included, actually? I'm quite yeah. curious to hear. Yeah, yeah. and this one is uh, uh, surprisingly not taken from the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is something that is uh, very, very personal in the way I approach uh, relationships with people, with my coworkers, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really know where it comes from. I think I always had kind of thinking like this, but maybe I took it from some other source where I, when I was younger. So let's see. Uh, if somebody has a pointer to this, please contact me, yeah. uh, because there must be someone that thought something similar. So I call it assume good intentions. And it's literally, um, okay, the point is mostly this, that when you're talking to people or people talk to you, you assume that they are not there to harm you or to hurt you in any way. And actually, if you want to do another step, even, it's not necessary, you can even assume that they are there to make you improve for your own benefit. And you can very easily think of some first examples. So if I'm giving you a harsh feedback, 
right? Uh, it's very uh, easy for our mind to go in, oh, no, 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 they have something they don't like about us. No, uh, no, 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 let's stop this, right? It's harsh, I don't like it. But well, most of the times people give you feedback because they want you to not repeat a certain behavior or they want you to improve a certain behavior. So if you assume that, it's very relieving to know, okay, this person is harsh, but yeah, they want me to improve, right? It's as, it's as if your mother wants to give you harsh feedback. You know she's there to like, because she loves you and she wants you to improve. It's not uh, anything bad. And the same thing, even if people happen to hurt you in any ways or uh, make you feel bad, which happens all the time with interactions of any kind, even uh, mistakenly when people don't want, just assume that the harm was not meant, right? In most of the cases, it's not. So take that completely out and talk about the thing, right? What they are telling you. And then you can uh, start to do a further step of reasoning with them, let's say. Yeah. So very related to the previous one, but also seems quite important to keep in mind when you're networking, when you're talking to people, whether it be your clients, investors, your partner even, or a co-founder, how you interact with other people is absolutely vital when yeah. you are trying to build something, I can yeah. imagine, yeah. So assuming good intentions, yeah, sounds like very valuable advice. Yeah. Uh, how have you used this in your journey, working at Integral? In what yeah. situations have you found this useful to you? Yeah, I think it's incredibly useful, especially when uh, both people in a conversation, or if there's more people, everyone, knows about this. It's an assumption. I also put it when we put down the values of our company, what every one of us wants to bring to the company and how do we uh, look at it, like kind of a bit of a start of a company culture. Uh, I put this one as well, because to me, it is really important to know that when I'm talking to people, uh, I definitely want to improve the way they are. If I see something, I want them to take the feedback and think about it, right? Maybe they don't take it, but um, even if it's harsh, right? It's something to improve each other. And I also want people around me that try to improve me the whole time. Uh, that they're not there to criticize me or whatever. If not, we don't work together, <laughs> right? But also with just personal relationships. I just uh, want people to um, always have a positive impact to each other. And um, in the company, it's <laughs> very interesting to me because my coworkers are very different from me in character, right? And I think we're all very honest and direct as well, which is nice, but that can go also um, a bit to the other side. If you are a bit too honest, right, and too direct, uh, especially if you're not Dutch, <laughs> 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 though you learn, you learn staying here, um, uh, it can get, uh, it can sum up to other things that are happening in your life, right? And yet another harsh feedback, which you, if you're an entrepreneur, you receive a lot mm. of negative feedbacks from the customers, from your own coworkers, from everyone, basically from investors. Um, but know that those feedbacks are not meant to be bad. They're not at you, right? They're there to improve the next iteration of uh, whatever you're doing. And I feel like since I have um, started implementing this uh, consistently in uh, my relationship with people uh, in the company, it's so much lighter to know that, you know, everyone is talking to you like your mom a bit, right? Mm -hmm. they, they all want me to improve. Um, they all want me to succeed, right? And that harsh feedback or that uh, thing that really hurt me, 
was not there meant, right? So we can go over it. We can talk about the thing. If I did something wrong, well, I definitely want to improve it, right? Why would I not? Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about that. How do we improve it? This is also, if you um, ask people that know me well, or even people that don't know me well, it's very difficult to have a fight with me. Like, it's incredibly, incredibly, incredibly difficult. And also to see me angry. Because I would get angry if you on purpose do something bad to me. But most of the times, well, thanks to this assumption, but also uh, a bit naturally for me, I don't think people are meaning any harm, right? So most often they just want to think about, talk about the thing. Mm -hmm. um, I did, uh, I don't know, I didn't say hello in the morning, whatever, <laughs> right? They, they want to say that. They want to say, hey, I want more attention from you, right? I, I wanted to have a bit of a different relationship with you and I want to improve it. And, and the moment you realize it, it's like, oh, okay, great. Great, that's nice. <laughs> so that's why it's uh, it's uh, yeah for me it's very difficult to fight as well. <laughs> <laughs> of course, uh, yeah, especially if you adopt this. But I'm sure also it's just your personality as well, very lighthearted and optimistic. So that's quite nice to see as well. Uh, and I imagine also that assuming good intentions from people makes it easier as well to be resilient when you face failures upon failure in when you're starting up, because of course, this is very common in startups. It's very easy to uh, come across roadblocks, whether maybe you might be rejected by a VC, or maybe uh, you get you don't have as much of a product market fit. By assuming these good intentions, I imagine that when you face these situations, it's a lot easier to keep going mm. as opposed to quitting. I think it's a bit different from how I usually talk, think about it, because if you notice from before, I usually, uh, Talk about this in terms of relationships with people, uh -huh. because those are in my eyes mostly where you get the hurt, like the personal hurt, right? Somebody is judging you mm -hmm. or trying to harm your identity, kind of. Mm -hmm. So that's why I never put it with things. So you say that um, these are still very uh, harsh feedback that still hit you, right? Even if they're not from a person. Oh, I mean, no, we're yeah. from a person. So, for example, okay, okay. like you said, and you have lots of criticism from uh, your clients yeah, or an yeah, investor. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That might be demoralizing to some yeah. investors, but yeah. having that mindset allows you to keep going to, in spite of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I see that. I see. I, mm. I, <laughs> I think sometimes the customer is actually mean. Mm. <laughs> the harsh feedback not happened to me yet, but I, I can see that. I can see. Um, I can see people calling a call center or something being very angry. Okay. Mm -hmm. But uh, <laughs> still, if even if they call uh, in a very angry way, it's because they wanted something, right? They have yeah. been disappointed in some way. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, yeah. No, interesting take. I think I have to think about it a bit more at home. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's a, it's a new thing. I learned something as well. I'm glad to hear that I put it in a different way. Uh, yeah, yeah, to see yeah it. definitely. But uh, no, essentially, I'm just trying to um, take this interesting advice you had and apply it to like the startup world, you know? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. How someone starts in their own company can adopt this advice and apply it to their something they're building. Yeah. Would you say it works that way? That's yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's also a bit related to the scout mindset before, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Your goal is to discover if something works. Exactly. So when you combine them, uh, it works like a charm, I think. Okay. Uh, especially, so um, I can make yet another example on um, funding, for example. Mm -hmm. um, there, like investors would judge your startup as a whole, right? The customer will judge your product. So that's only a little part of the company, right? The product is not the whole company. Mm -hmm. um, 
but the investor will try to judge the company as a whole, <laughs> right? It's your little baby who's been judged, mm. and that might be not nice, <laughs> <laughs> especially if the feedback is harsh. But again, um, think about it. If if you would be an investor, right? What's your incentive to hurt someone, to judge a startup bad for the sake of, oh, I'm superior to you. No, they're there to make money. <laughs> they want yep. to make money together with you, right? Mm. If they invest in you. So their objective is literally aligned to yours. The moment you match, you have the same objective, right? Even before, right? It, their objective is to discover if you are the one who's gonna make them uh, have more money, right? Mm. Make them make money. Um, so yeah, again, uh, once you know this, there, you can factor out the, um, the bad intentions, right? Even if the feedback was harsh. Maybe the feedback was even about you, right? Yeah. We think you're not fit for the team. Like, oh, <laughs> that's terrible to hear, but let's take what is useful from that, right? Hard, very hard. I hope I don't uh, have that feedback. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not either. <laughs> All right, but um, yeah, yeah, that, that's a very uh, interesting approach as well. How it can apply to uh, finding funding, finding right investors, um, and just seeing if what you're doing is the best approach, right? Yeah, to be yeah, receptive yeah. to other people's opinions and criticisms. Yeah. So, um, well, you've given us three very interesting pieces of advice, uh, looking at confidence in a different way learning the scouts and the soldier mindset and also assuming good intentions. Um, I'm quite curious, do any of these three resonate with you uh, the most? Which one of these three resonate with you the most in your in your journey in Intracore so far? Or do they all apply equally to you, do you think? Ooh, 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 ooh. So also in the journey with Intracore, I would say kind of the scout mindset is kind of uh, the basis. Okay. Uh, everything else kind of, um, you could see it as being built on top of that. Of course, that's a bit of an exaggeration, uh, but I think it's really fundamental to um, look at things as they are, like a scout, mm -hmm. and then judge upon that. I think that's the basis for any, any little part from your coworkers to the product market fit to the customers, everything else. So I would definitely say, uh, think about that if you, or read that book, <laughs> if you want to start that company or are curious about that. Uh, one more um, time, uh, what was the name of that book that you... The Scout Mindset, the Scout Mindset. from Julia Galef. Okay. Yeah. And the one that resonates personally um, is definitely the one of assuming good intentions because it's really, I think, a bit built in in the way I am. Uh, so that really, I, I cannot really take it out of me. It's stronger than me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good quality to have, I'd imagine. Very yeah, valuable. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's relieving, I would mm. say. It's relieving. Once you are aware of that, it's really... Uh, yeah, it helps a lot. Okay. Less stress everywhere, less stress. Yeah, yeah. That's important when you're building a startup, yeah. I can imagine, because there yeah, will be yeah. stress. Definitely, yeah. definitely. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming with us on this podcast to talk about your journey, the p things you've learned on your journey, yourself, integral, all of it. Very interesting and valuable information. To finish off, I would actually like to ask you one final quick question. Yes. This is more for our listeners as well who are thinking about starting their own startup or have their own startup in the early stage. If you were to talk to your younger self three years ago, maybe four years ago when you were starting out or in that rough year, and you can just tell them one thing, give them one piece of advice, what is the one thing you would tell them? One, only one, and only then they disappear. One. Five seconds and then they disappear, okay. Ooh. Um, 
since it has to be only one, it should be one that is as complete as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, so I will go with something on the lines of learn from people who have done this before. Mm. Um, it could be in any form. You can talk to people, very useful. Uh, I learned a lot personally through YouTube, blogs of people who have built their company. Right now, it's full of people on the internet, right? You don't even have to walk out of your door <laughs> who have had from the most successful businesses and that have interviews with everyone. They documented their whole uh, path. Uh, to people who have failed as well. That's very important, extremely. Or people like me who are in the middle of the journey or just started with the journey, right? So if that has to be only one uh, and everything else will come from, everything else you will discover yourself. Actually, that's good because when you learn from yourself, right, and not uh, have things taught at you, you learn much better. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, definitely uh, whatever you want to do, uh, whether it's a, a career choice, maybe study choice, uh, entrepreneurship, or even just about something very little and technical, right? You want to go into the niche of the niche of the niche of some uh, maths or physics and you want to study that, right? Uh, ask people what was their experience and try to uh, avoid the common mistakes and try to see how you can make it as enjoyable as possible. Yeah, okay, well, uh, that was very interesting. I'd imagine also uh, getting to know people who have done uh, the type of thing you want to do before also helps so of course you mentioned you can get that information from online but also something like networking for example yeah or getting a mentor so much mm, yeah <laughs> so much that means uh come to our ace adventures events <laughs> yeah, yeah as well definitely. i really enjoyed the previous one so mm, yeah 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 very valuable all right well again thank you gabrielle so much for coming on uh loved having you here i hope our guests have enjoyed having you as well uh, and yeah, we've done so much. We wish you the best with the journey in the future. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. 